Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tab. Today we are on episode 26. And I, I honestly couldn't figure out what book that I wanted to talk about this week. And so I dug back in my archives on my Kindle of some favorite books that I've always had and I always go back to um, when I'm just kind of bored and I, or I haven't found a new book lately. Um, so that's what I did with this one. I went back in the archives. This book was published in 2011 and I want to say I read it probably in about, probably at 2015, maybe 2014. I'm not sure, but it's been a while since I've bought this book. And honestly, it's been a couple years since I've read it. So it was a good refresher, nice little story. I can tell you that it is a series. I think there's like six books, but I can also tell you that I didn't continue on. I think actually I did read the second book and it still just didn't intrigue me enough. And so I didn't continue on to the third and fourth and fifth and sixth. So I can I can tell you that. I guess I can tell you my rating of the book uh, already. I probably would give it a three out of five if I'm being honest. Um, I would recommend it because I, I like the storyline. I like the world that's built. I will say it is only like a three because there's not enough history and enough like, I don't know, explanation of who these people are. I will say that um, it's kind of a supernatural-ish book, not like the sense where it's like vampires and werewolves and all that, not that type of supernatural. Um, it's kind of more on the witchy witch realm, but they're called differently. And they said they even said in the book that there's no other like supernatural creatures. The book that we're talking about today is called Significance, and it is by Shelley Crane. And as for the mother-sister standard... I would say yes, my sister has read it and she also, I think she got to the third or fourth book and she was like, nah, it's just not, it's not keeping me intrigued. It's not, there's not a lot of suspense. There's just not a lot to it. And so I think she stopped after a couple books. I think my mom would enjoy it because it, it is a very low spice scale, like maybe a one, like they most, the, the most that they do is like, make out but even then it's not really like descriptive or anything like that so it's a very mild mild book and I mean if you're intrigued with the storyline if you're intrigued with the people and the characters I would definitely recommend the series um, but I think that I have just read I don't know stories that I liked better or that kept my attention more and so it just I don't know it was kind of on the low scale for me and also, you know that I like Spice. So, yeah, I reread it again the other day, this book, and I was like, there's no Spice. This is not holding my attention. To be frank, you know, <laughs> because I'm used to I'm used to a lot of Spice, and that's I, I have my expectations high for books now, and when they don't reach that, I'm like, hmm, okay, well, there is an audience for this book somewhere, and I'm hoping that you guys are it. I'm hoping you will enjoy this book. All right, let's get into it. First chapter, we open it up, 
and we meet Maggie. She is our main female character. And this is only like her view. It's not um, a two point of view. Like we don't have her view and his view, just her view, which you know that that's what I prefer. So she is graduating a year early. She is 17 years old, which I have to remind myself throughout the book that she's only 17. And they kind of say it throughout the book as well, but still, it's just... She's 17. Just keep that in mind. That's that's my first little point where I'm like, ah, I wish she was older. But um, okay, so she's graduating a year early and she would have been valedictorian, but a lot of stuff has happened in the past year that she has just not cared about school, honestly. So her mom um, randomly decided to up and leave her and her dad um, with no explanation. She just wasn't happy anymore, really, and decided to leave. So her dad went into a deep depression and uh, lost his really good job and barely goes to the job that he has now. And she basically has to take care of him. So it's it's that storyline. Um, so she had to she had to go get a job at a diner. Like she's the one that has to basically pay everything. Um, Her mom drained her college uh, fund and also her dad's bank account when she left. So they really don't have any money. Um, When she did graduate, um, she went to graduation, of course, and her dad did go, but he didn't cheer for her. He didn't yell. He didn't celebrate nothing. He just sat there. Um, And so it was hard for her to see like other families celebrate and cheer on. Like there's this one guy, his name's Kyle. And he is a friend of hers, and he always wanted to hang out, always wanted to take her out on a date, but she was always dating this one guy named Chad. We learned that Chad is her ex-boyfriend. He broke up with her three days after her mom left, so it was kind of a spiraling type of year. Uh, She had a rough time. So um, Kyle, like, when he goes up and, like, graduates, he has his whole family there, just a, a really big family. And so after graduation... He like comes up and talks to her and he's like, hey, I really like I really want to get out of my graduation party. Like, let's hang out tonight. tonight. Let me take you to dinner. Like, let's let's just hang out. I really want to hang out. And so she's like, OK, like you text me. He's like, OK, that's great. And Chad comes over to her and he's like, hey, I miss you. All this stuff. And she's like, "Um, no, bye. So he walks away, basically. We also learn that she has an adoptive brother. And when she was eight, he was 16. Um, but he is actually in New York right now, uh, interning somewhere. He, like, appears in the story, but I don't think I'll ever mention him again because he just didn't play a very big part um, in the story. So I, I don't feel like it's super relevant to know about him. So that night after graduation, she just wanted to get out of the house. She wanted to get out of the house even before Kyle um, messaged her. So because her dad was in the mood of like, poor me, poor me, like I did this, I caused your mom to leave. This was all me just basically like blaming them for her mom leaving. So she's like, I got to get out of the house and wait for Kyle. So she knows kind of like the vicinity of where Kyle lives. And so she starts to walk that way. 
And at one point she gets to the stoplight and there's a boy or a guy that's already standing there and he has his headphones in um, and he kind of looks back at her and smiles and she thinks he's really cute. And then like the light turned green for them to like walk across, but she sees that there's a car still coming and he doesn't look like both ways before he goes. So she grabs his bag and pulls him backwards and basically saves his life so that he doesn't like get hit by a car. Um, so they like fall back and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, thank you so much. You saved my life. Like, oh my gosh. And, uh, they get to talking a little bit and with the writing, you can tell that they're like attracted to each other. Like he, she's very attracted to him and they, I think she asks where he's going or he asks her where she's going and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to meet a friend. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to my cousin's house. He just graduated tonight. And she's like, oh, who's your cousin? And they figure out that his cousin is Kyle, which she's going to Kyle's house or trying to find it. And so he's like, hey, I'll walk with you. Like I'm going to Kyle's house anyway. So they walk and and they're talking and um, getting to know each other. And it's a very sweet moment. Um, and so they walk up to the house and Kyle comes out and um, they tell him what happened. And there's like an obvious tension between like Kyle and this cousin. Uh, and the cousin's name is Caleb. She's kind of confused by it because like Kyle's kind of acting like a possessive almost, even though she's like never gone out with him, never like liked him and for some reason she feels like she doesn't want to leave Caleb like she wants to be around him still and so she she kind of she walks back to him and holds out her hand and like introduces herself officially because they didn't really they hadn't exchanged hands and um she says like hey I'm Maggie and he says he's Caleb um and when they touch hands there's like a jolt and she sees like this life like flash before her eyes like this couple and and different things that they go through in life. And um, and then she kind of comes back too, and she sees that he has this really big smile on his face. And he says, it's you. You're the one. And Kyle comes up, and he's like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, he's so pissed. And Caleb's like, okay, Maggie, like, don't freak out. Everything's fine. Like, let me explain to you. And she's like, what just happened? Like, why did I just see those flashes? Like, why do I feel this way towards you? Like, what happened? And so that's where the title of the book comes in, Significance. He explains that she is his significant or his soulmate or like they imprinted on each other, which when it said that in the book, I was like, imprinted? Like, was this book out before Twilight? I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Pretty sure, because I graduated high school in 2011 when this book came out, and Twilight was already, like, happening. So, yeah, she says imprinted, and I immediately thought Twilight, and I was like, ugh, I don't like that word. Like, it's just, I like soulmate. Um, I like, I don't know, significant. Like, I think that's really okay word and that's what got me in this for because this happened I think like second chapter almost and so immediately like they're soulmates they have this bond between each other and that got me thinking like would you prefer to have that happen um I I'm just gonna tell you this randomly um I've always wanted to write a book I'm not very good um at putting like words onto paper um, but I have like a lot of stories in my head that w maybe one day, like I will get out and put it on paper. But I was thinking about this story where, um, everything is planned. 
I, I guess you could say. So when you turn, let's say when you turn 12, you get this outline of your life and you get a general vicinity of when like you will get married or when you will finish college or like these big life events, um, you'll get a general vicinity of when that might happen. So say that when you're 12, you got this outline that's saying that you would get married between 20 and 23. And so that's when you know, like maybe to start looking for someone around then, or kind of just like a map of your life and that you would have that specific person that would fit into that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just have a lot of, um, emotion behind thinking that there is someone for us but I mean I don't know what you believe I don't know if you believe in soulmates I don't know if you believe in fate I don't know if you believe in there's only one person for you Um, but whatever you believe I think there's a lot of power in that and a lot of power in knowing that there's someone that fits you and that's what I believe anyways that there's not one there's not one specific person for you. I think there's multiple people that would fit well in your life and each bring something good or something bad into your life for you to grow. And so, I don't know, that's kind of what I think. But I I do like these books that go into soulmates. And I kind of like, (laughs) because I think I've explained this before, I kind of like the alpha male type men in these stories. And so knowing that like you have this immediate bond, like your soulmates and that you only love them your whole life, that that kind of like, I don't know, I kind of yearn for that because it just, you have immediate trust in them because you know like they won't stray or they won't even think about straying because you have that bond and you are their only person and they're basically like obsessed with you. Not like crazy, you know what I'm saying, like in these books. Um, they don't ever really go crazy, but they just like immediately like take care of each other. And I don't know that that's kind of comforting to know that like, if we do have just one person, um, that I don't know that they would just be your person for your whole life. Um, but anyways, that's kind of like my spiel or rant or I, whatever you want to call it about that. But I do really like these stories that have soulmates and have that spark. Um, and that's what this story is about. It's about Maggie and Caleb. And I want to say that this story only really goes maybe like a two weeks, maybe three weeks. That's what the timeline is. And so, yeah, back to the story. So they imprint on each other or they figure out that they um, are each other's significance. And Caleb explains to her that they are called virtuoso or like aces is another word or like charmed. Um, But they're kind of like a, a supernatural being, I guess you could say, or a witch. They have these like skills. It's very important in their culture to imprint on someone or to find your person. And I guess for the past 20 years, it hasn't been happening in their families or their clans that they call it. And they have clans throughout the U.S. and the the world. Um, and for none of them, like none of them have imprinted on, on people. And so they've kind of gotten worried. And so this is the first imprinting for a long time. 
And so that's why um, Caleb is so excited. Like one of the reasons why Caleb is so excited, but Kyle is really, really angry because he's always liked Maggie. And he's like, this isn't fair. Like <laughs> I wanted to take out Maggie, um, but in their culture, they, I mean their clan, I guess, like in their family, um, they have like a no dating rule because I mean, how would it be like you find someone you really like them, you marry, and then you find your soulmate? Like that's kind of devastating uh, for the person that you are marrying or dating or whatever. And so they have like a no dating rule. But Kyle has always like pushed the line. Like he's always wanted to take out Maggie. So he's really upset. And so Caleb was like, still go out with Kyle, like still go to this movie. Like I need to talk to my family. They're very excited. Like this hasn't happened in a while. And and she's like, why, why do I feel so much emotion towards you? Why? Why can I not leave your side? Like, I am freaking out. And he's like, it's okay. Just take everything normally. Go with Kyle. Everything will be fine. So she's like, okay. Um, and so she goes with Kyle to this movie theater. And as they're going into this theater, um, this group of guys, like, come up and start, like, hassling Kyle. And um, I guess they are, like, a rival clan. I guess she didn't really give this one guy the time of day. And so he grabbed her arm and it burnt. And he's like, oh my gosh, you imprinted. I know you've imprinted. Like he immediately knew. And the reason why like people, like they're kind of freaking out that they have imprinted um, because if they don't imprint, then they don't ascend, which <laughs> that's another word that's been in our books lately. The ones that we've talked about, like in the Blood and Ash series that they ascend. But in this book, it means that you get like your abilities or your powers, um, and so if they don't ascend, okay, so if they don't find their person, then they don't ascend. And if they don't ascend, they don't get their abilities. And if they don't get their abilities, then they can't like protect their family against like the different clans and enemies and things like that. Somehow, like the, the rival clan, his name is Marcus, and he's just like an evil guy. Uh, the next morning, Maggie feels awful. Like she just feels so sick. Like she starts to have a panic attack. And Caleb can feel that. Like they, when you become like soulmates or like imprinted on each other, you're, you're connected. You can start to hear each other's, you can start to hear each other's thoughts and feel their heartbeat and feel like what they're feeling. Isn't that weird? Okay, think about it. Would you want that? Like if you have a significant person or significant other, would you want to hear their thoughts or feel their feelings? I don't think I would. Like... I don't think I'd want them to hear my thoughts. Like, not that I think bad things, but it's like, I mean, I, I, I think it would be nice with emotions, like if they could feel your emotions and like help that way. But I don't think I would want my husband to know my thoughts. I just, I don't know. There's got to be privacy somewhere, you know? Like, and I, in this book, they teach her like how to like hide her thoughts or put up a wall or basically that, which is fine. I don't know. Like, tell me your thoughts. Would you want your significant other to know your thoughts? Like I, I, if your wall wasn't up, if, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, I think in some situations it would be helpful, but a lot of time me and my husband can just look at each other and know what each other is thinking. 
because I mean, we've been married almost 10 years. And at that point, I'm like, I know exactly what he's thinking right now. But I don't know. That's another question I wanted to ask you guys. Okay, so he shows up at her door or like climbs through her window because he can feel her like freaking out. And her dad is there like downstairs. And so he like, once you touch your significant person, even just like on the arm, you're immediately calmed because you're together and your heart knows that and your mind knows that your soul knows that. And so they immediately calm down and she feels immediately better, like a hundred percent better. And so she tells him exactly what happened there at the movie theater, because as he's like looking at her arm, she has this black handprint on her. And that's what happens when like a person's actions are of like pure intention. Um, I guess her body can sense it when someone means harm. And that's what Marcus meant. He meant harm. And so she has this black imprint on her. Another thing that they can do as soulmates is like a memory transfer. Like she can show him the memories that she has or like, so what happened at the movie theater, like she can look through or she can show him exactly what happened and he can look through her memories, which is kind of, I don't know. I just, I like this book. I like the story of it and the premise, but honestly, we're this far in and I still don't know like anything about this family or like the powers or the history and we don't find that out honestly in this first book we don't find like any history about like who these virtuoso are like how it came to be like nothing like that so I mean that's why it's kind of like a 2.53 ish um anyway so he's like let's go meet my family they want to meet you because we have it imprinted in 20 years. Like they they really are excited um, and they want to meet you. So she meets his family. They're all very kind. They all have different powers um, or abilities. Like his grandma can heal like supernatural uh, things, I, I think. And so she was able to heal that mark from Maggie's arm from Marcus. Um, another uncle, um, he's able to learn things very quickly um, and then transfer that skill to another person. So he does that for her. Um, he like has learned karate and is like a black belt. And so he like touches her hand and he transfers that skill to her. And he's like, hey, when you're in the moment, you'll know exactly what to do. Wouldn't that be so freaking nice? If Here's another question for you. If you had like a superpower like that or an ability, what would you want it to be? I think I would want it to be that, like to learn any skill so quickly and then you can transfer it to someone as well so that they learn have learned it instantly as well. Like that is such a dope ability. Like, oh, I would love that. I don't know about you. Um, okay, so that night uh, she is dreaming and it's kind of like a weird dream um, and Marcus appears in her dream and it's just all too real. Like it just, it scares her. Um, Caleb is able to like feel her heart, uh, kind of go crazy. And so he like comes into the house. He like goes through her window again and is able to like wake her up out of this dream. And she's like, that was too real. Like he, he was here. Like, I just know it. And he's like, no, 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 it's just dream. And then they look at her arms and she has these black marks again, where in her dream, like Marcus had grabbed her. And so they realize that it wasn't just a dream. It's called an echo, which is another ability that I guess this, uh, rival clan, the Watsons, uh, which Marcus is a part of, um, that's one of the abilities that one of their people can do is an echo. 
So Caleb's family is really mad, of course, at the Watsons, their rivals and their enemies. So I don't know how long it was. I want to say like that next weekend, Caleb and his family, they plan to go to the compound and confront Marcus and his family. And here's the thing. I don't know if I didn't pay attention in this book or it really didn't explain it. But I want to say that at one point, this Watson family, like a lot of them got their abilities taken away or something. So they really got into like alchemy and chemistry and like tried to force like these abilities, I think, or like, I don't, I'm not super sure if that one was in this book or the second book. I'm not sure. Anyways, so they're like a bad clan. So him and his family are going to confront them. And in the meantime, um, Marcus shows up at Maggie's house and he's like, hey, like Kyle's in the car, like Caleb died. His family is hurt. Like, please come on. Like, I wouldn't do this to you. Like, I'm not lying. And so she's like pretty convinced. And so she almost gets in the car. But then she's like, wait, why wouldn't Kyle come and tell me? Like, why am I learning this from you, Marcus? And he's very confused. And so he like he grabs her and like tries to push her in the car and she's able to like use her karate skills, which is so cool. They like drive off. Uh, and that's when Caleb does show up and with his family and they're like, Hey, come and stay with us tonight at like our house. Like we'll, we'll help you. We'll heal you. Like we'll tell you everything that's going on. So she goes back to their house and his parents are very kind and they understand like, Hey, it is really hard for you guys to be away from each other. Um, and that's one thing that I thought was kind of interesting that, I mean, the families have gone through this, like, uh, finding their soulmates and they know the process and everything. And so they really are just like cool with them being like, oh yeah, you can stay together, like sleep in the same bed. We know how it is. You can't be separated. Like, it's just very interesting, you know, something to think about, like your parents just immediately knowing like, yeah, you guys can't be away from each other. And you just met like mm, a couple days ago. I don't know. It's kind of weird. And she's only 17. That's what I had a really hard time with. Um, and they kept saying like, oh, yeah, your birthday's in a month or so. I think it was like a month, but I'm still like you're 17. He's like in college. I think he's like 22 or something. I don't know. I was still very iffy on the ages. I just didn't really think about it. So his parents are trying to figure out how that they can get Caleb into her room every night um, so that they can sleep together because not like sleep, sleep together, like toast, but like actually sleep because they realize that um, because of this mating bond, he can protect her. And so he can pull her out of those dreams and he can also prevent him them from happening um, from her being pulled into an echo. And so that's why they're really like encouraging him like hey figure out a way that you guys can like sleep in the same bed together so I think that weekend as well he decides to take her to a party of his friends because um, they wanted to like double date with her best friend and her boyfriend and and just kind of forget about things that have happened and there's this fight that breaks out and so Caleb goes to go and help and she actually gets pricked by a needle and passes out um, and the Marcus and the Watsons, um, they kidnapped her and they took her to like their compound. So they're called the Watsons. And then Caleb and his family are called the Jacobsons. And those two have always been rivals from like the very beginning uh, because they felt the Jacobson family always got better abilities 
and they just are more successful in life and just everything was better. And so they just have always hated them. And so she's she's locked up in this room and uh, they're taking blood from her. They're they're basically trying to figure out how to break her bond so that she can bond to one of their people. Like they're trying to create these superficial bonds um, and fake bonds so that so that they can have these abilities as well. And they tell her that like every clan is interested in her because she is the youngest as well, youngest person who's ever imprinted. Um, I guess it usually happens when you're like in your 20s, like college age. And so that's another thing that they're like very intrigued about is that it's been 20 years and she's extremely young. And so they've also kept her like sedated and like medicated. And so she's not able to connect with Caleb and read, like talk to each other in their minds. She was able to kind of figure out how they were getting the medicine to her. And so she was able to get Caleb through the haze and kind of talk to him a little bit, just kind of like a, a staticky uh, radio almost. So she like falls asleep and she's pulled into this echo again with Marcus, but Caleb shows up somehow um, because, I mean, they're soulmates and he's able to do that, I guess. Uh, so he shows up and they like, I don't really know what happened, but they like ascend like very quickly it's not that they like made toast it's not that they kissed or anything I don't really know what triggered it they didn't it wasn't really explained in the book um but they ascend and so once she wakes up she's like able to tell him kind of where she thinks that she is and when she wakes up she is able to figure out that she can read thoughts um and she can read like the people around her thoughts um, and so she can figure out like that's why she was there is because they want to reverse her imprint so that she can imprint on someone else. And so the next day, I want to say they have this like scheme. I don't know. They said some history about like their early ancestors and how one of them like fell into a well and like pleaded with the gods or whatever. And that's how he got his abilities first. And so they, it sounds like the, this clan is just very insane. And so they put her in a well for two weeks or two days just to see if like the imprint um, can dissolve. Because if you're taken away from your soulmate for that long, like it sounds like it's agony and they have withdrawals and it's rough, um, which would suck. Like I, I like my alone time. Is that bad to say? Like, I mean, right now I'm in North Carolina and my husband's in Utah and he's he'll be in Utah until I think July. So, I mean, like that would kind of be sucky if like we have these withdrawals and like we're physically sick and like, I don't know if we weren't around each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That would, that would be hard. It kind of wouldn't work for some people because some people have like long distance relationships anyways I'm overthinking this too much um so she gets put in this well for a couple days but she's able to get out and once she gets out they see her and she's able to like fight them but she falls off a cliff and she is in the river she pulls herself out uh, she's able to run a little while um and stayed in this like hunting cabin 
And then when she goes out in the morning, um, she's actually found by Caleb's cousin, which is really good. So they take her back and basically she does does this memory dump uh, for Caleb. And so he's able to see exactly what happened, where they are, what's happening. And she also tells them like, hey, I can also read minds like this is what happened. And so Caleb's dad comes to her and he's like, you know, with someone who can read minds and like see into minds and read their feelings and desires, like past thoughts and actions, I'm pretty sure you're a seer. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, there hasn't been a seer in in a couple years. Um, there's like one every 50 years or something, I think. I don't know. I might have made that up. Um, but they haven't had a seer in a long time. And so she's like the seer of, I don't know if it's like the whole their whole species or whole whatever they are but i i think so and not just like their clan so she's like this cool seer uh, and can read people's thoughts and intentions and stuff of course okay you're probably thinking like well what about her dad like this whole time she was kidnapped for a week or I, I don't even know how long she was kidnapped. Like, where's her dad? So they did have to tell her dad what was going on, who they are. And um, he was kind of like uh, kicked out of his depression by that. And so he's actually um, acting like a real dad now um, and realizes that uh, she like proves to him that she can like read minds, of course. Um, and so he's like able to understand like what happened, how she was kidnapped, everything like that. And um, process everything. So I guess that's good. Um, and then, so the family's trying to figure out what to do with the Watsons family. And so they haven't been able to capture them or really like confront them. And so they're like, Hey, Caleb, like you need to take Maggie, take her to California. Cause they're in Tennessee this whole time. I don't think I told you that. Uh, they've been in Tennessee. Uh, I don't, really know where i'm guessing a very rural area uh so they're like hey take her to california until everything's kind of solved um we know that they want her so we just got to get her out of here so they're like yeah cool okay uh so then they go to california and that's how the book ends um it's not even that's what that's what i had a hard time with i think if it would have ended in like a real big cliffhanger um, or some big information was dropped. Like, I don't know. I think I would have continued to read on. But it really was like a chill ending where I'm like, wait, um, is there another book? And yeah, there's a lot of books. And I don't think they even make toast in the second or third one. And I'm like, okay, I need some spice. I need you guys to kiss more at least. Like, it's just, it was a very mild story. And yeah, there wasn't, a lot of in-depth like character building, not a lot of like in-depth story building. I just, I really wanted more. And I, from what I remember, I didn't even get that in the second book. And so it was hard for me to continue. Um, but I like the premise. I like the, the story of it. I, I think it could be better, of course, but I do like, um, the thought of like soulmates, like when you instantly like touch each other, then you know your soulmates. I I like that, and so I I I wish it was better. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those those are my thoughts and feelings. I don't know how you thought or felt during that whole story. Um, if you're left wanting more, I understand. 
Um, but I'm not going to be reading the other books. So you are definitely welcome to go and read those books if you want to. Um, they are pretty quick reads, um, so you could get them through them pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, update. I'm still in this little apartment until this next weekend, and then I move into the townhouse. Um, I started my job today, which is super fun. I really love it, really love the people, and I just honestly really am loving being in North Carolina. I really love it compared to Utah where I was at. It is beautiful here. It's hot, but it's beautiful, and I'm I'm pretty obsessed. Um, so yeah, that is all from me today. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it got your noggin thinking of what you would do if you were in these situations or if you had a power or like ability, what it would be, or if you'd want to like know your significant other's thoughts or I don't know if you want to be a soulmate. I, I just want to know all your thoughts, how you felt about it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I will talk to you guys later.